0: Everybody all over the world, if you are looking to get your voice heard on the Midgard Musings podcast, you have the option to call in, leave a voicemail, and be featured on the podcast. So all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in, you need to dial one to reach the United States. Area code 615 671 32 is the hotline number. Just call in, leave your voicemail there, and I will review it. And I would love to feature your message here on a future Midgard Musings podcast episode. Really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform. So again, that number is 615-671-9832. It is a local United States domestic number. So if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the U.S., dial 1 uh, for the U.S., 615-671-9832. Go ahead and call into the podcast. Leave your message there. I am looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so very much for supporting what I do here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on Midgard Musings. Everybody, how are you today? Hope you're all doing well. Serpentine, shall we? Feel it. Feel that motion. Come on. Mm Oh, yeah. The waves of the sea, the waves of the ocean the ebb and flow mm-hmm. this is the track called Jormungandr by Danheim shout out to uh, Danheim for this awesome track this intro Intro to um, another random heathen ramblings podcast brought to you uh, 100% and solely, solely, um, no paid sponsors. Brought to you 100% by your boy over here, Jesse uh, Midgard Musings. Thank you for joining today. Thank you for becoming uh, a supporter of the podcast wherever you are listening and watching in the world if you're watching right now then it's because it's one of two things if you either joined the premiere on youtube um, or you're a youtube channel member noticed a uh a somewhat disheartening trend of um you know people becoming part of the premieres but that maybe because it just hits at the wrong time of the day. I'm not. I'm not sweating it too much. Um, the main thing is that you are here, listening, watching, viewing, participating, supporting in any which way you can. And I just got to be real. Um, it's greatly appreciated. It's always greatly appreciated because whether you listen, whether you join the premiere, whether you listen or watch later on. Um, as long as you're a part of it, as long as you get some sort of enjoyment out of it. If you do enjoy it, you know, upvoting, liking, commenting, sharing, all of that fun stuff, you know, just help the help the algorithm figure out that this is what needs to be kicked out there. Okay. Um, as always, you can call into the Midgard Musings hotline. That number is six one five six seven one nine eight three two. Always open. You're always just gonna hit a voicemail, but Leave me a recording. Leave me a voicemail. Leave me a message. Let me know what you want to hear about. Talk to me a bit about things and talk to us. All right? Let's get your voice heard on the Midgard Musings platform, the Midgard Musings Airwaves, as it were. We're now distributed on eight or nine different platforms, uh, YouTube, of course, being one of them. But you can find me here on, uh, what is it, Anchor, Spotify, Those are the two big ones because they are partners. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Breaker, Stitcher, um, Radio Public, I don't know, just wherever you're listening, wherever you're participating from. If you can and you want to upvote the podcast, please do so. Um, Don't forget to check the show notes in each and every episode because... There's some cool things that quite often get included in the show notes. If you're watching, it's going to be down in the description um, of this podcast. So make sure to check it out. One of the biggest ways that you can support the podcast is if you ever want to get some Midgard Musings merchandise, there's a uh, spring store. Um, Again, that's going to be linked in the Linktree link. Um, Check out the merchandise that Midgard Musings has to offer for you and your loved ones today. Okay yesterday's already gone tomorrow isn't yet here but today you can take action all right you can do it baby you can get out here and you can put on some some slick new midgard musings threads um get you an order put in get yourself uh in hand before uh you know the yule season comes around here in just a few months um was an interesting uh it was an interesting weekend that I had um, that I'm going to be talking with all of you um, here on the podcast about today, but I'm going to be having a guest on here to talk a bit about it um, as well. We're going to be having a guest uh, who's been on the channel, been on the YouTube channel before, has not yet been on a podcast. Uh, so this is his second time back with me. I've known this uh, gentleman for quite some time, and um, you know he's, uh, he's, he's a good fella. He's been a part of ritual. He's been a part of uh, my tribe's events um, so small as they have been, and I've been a part of his tribe's events. So we're going to be welcoming welcoming in welcoming. we're in the south, right? so we can drop the G, right So if you want, if, you know if, if it's anything to do with a thing, right and the, and, and the verb is to do the thing, right? We're welcoming, well, we're welcome in because we're in the south. We're recording this from the Middle Tennessee area of the United States. So for all of the international listeners, and when I, and I say we're going to drop the G, it's it's a bit of a loose slang term. <laughs> Speaking of international listeners, I think the, the recent um, analytic report that I got was that um, out of all of the listeners in the world, you know, the majority... Of people are listening from the United States, you know, around 86%. But we've got a a three or 4% listener base in the United Kingdom and about another three or 4% over there in uh, Canada. So for all of my uh, UK listeners and Canadian folk uh, listening and watching, et cetera, et cetera, a big shout out to you guys for being in the top three. analytics. Um, so far as my uh, platform is, has been able to give me a, a reading on there's other listeners around, you know, some other like in Finland, Switzerland, etc. But all is out here listening wherever you are checking in from call in it's a it's a, it's a I think it's a Google voice number. So you know, 615 Yes, that is a domestic US number. So you know, you hit your number one for the united states but if you're you know doing it over google voice does it really count against your data or your international roaming i don't know um but if you go to the anchor app and you and you find midgard musings on anchor.fm slash midgard musings and you want to drop me a voice message you can do that you can always email me midgard musings tn at com. all that stuff's going to be in the show notes it's going to be in the description um so yeah Let's, uh, let's start with the, the intro to the, today's podcast, and let's uh, welcome in Greg Strong. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Strong, um, who I mentioned earlier, uh, not by name, but just sort of alluded to as a return guest. Uh, Greg Strong is the uh, current chieftain for the Raven Moonhearth here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so let's go ahead and start our intro to the, today's episode and welcome in Greg Strong. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome, Greg Strong, to the podcast. Um, Greg is not going to be on camera today because, um, just you know, you don't always have to have your face seen to make a to make a uh, an impression out here in the world. Am I right, Greg?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: so for all the listeners out here, you're going to get the same experience as you have ever gotten with any guests that. Uh, you know, are featured here on the podcast. But for those lists, or for those joining the YouTube uh, premiere and that watch this for all the YouTube channel members, uh, you will not be so graciously graced with uh, Greg's likeness or image. But um, that don't—I don't think that's going to take away from your overall Greg experience. At least that's what I'm gonna—I'm gonna call it the Greg experience, not the old Greg, right? Like you remember, I'm—I'm uh, I'm old Greg. Yep. Ever a, a drink, Bailey's, from, from a
1: shoe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yep. it ain't good. it's not going to be an old Greg experience. It's going to be the the Greg experience. So welcome to the show, Greg. um hail and welcome to you, my good friend. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. So uh, for everybody that's, uh, again, listening and, and, and stuff, Greg has been, I mentioned earlier in the intro, that uh, Greg is um, a return guest to Midgard Musings, because Greg actually had um, appeared on a very early episode um, of a Midgard Musings broadcast um, some years ago. I'll probably link it in the show notes and in the description for everybody that wants to kind of refer back to it. But um, since then, there's been a lot of changes and developments in the, the tribal structure of, of where Greg comes from. So Greg, I'm just going to kind of start things off and let you fill any gaps. But Greg is a part of a local uh, Middle Tennessee or Nashville area based heathen tribe or kindred, um, and I'll let you kind of expand on what you want to call yourselves, but Raven Moon Hearth. So yep. when, when Greg was, was on the channel um, some couple years ago, maybe now a year and a half, two years ago. Um, you carry the title of the scald for your for your group, and so I'm going to stop myself right now and allow you to kind of tell everybody who you are, what Raven Moonhearth is, and and what your um, position or your you know service your, your the the capacity at which you um, engage with the with Raven Moonhearth. So
1: take it away, Greg i just want to make a quick correction there um i i've not been the scald in our group um oh. i would I, I really like that position um but um it's not been uh it's not been mine um at the moment i am the chieftain of the, the group um which more or less makes me the high priest leader however you want to say it kind of the boss well, man as it were in a way yeah <laughs> High priest probably isn't the right word because we have a gothi and we have a vulva, um, so uh, we have a, we have both of those taken care of. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm the I'm the chieftain, and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, <clears throat> it is a great group, and like you said, it's uh, it's primarily based out of the um, Middle Tennessee area. Although we have members in Kentucky uh, and Alabama, uh, we actually had um, a member in Arkansas, but he recently moved to Tennessee, thankfully. Mm. So, because that was a, I believe it was an eight hour round trip. Quite a trek. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're talking, you know, Nashville is like considered like say middle Tennessee, and then Arkansas, even if yeah. you're like West Memphis, Arkansas, that's a good like four to five hour trek. So, depending yeah. on where you're at in Arkansas, like you're talking who knows, you know, like you say, up yep. eight hours. So I do apologize though for the miss um, mislabeling. I, I, I'm almost certain that when you were on the channel last that we were talking about the role of the scald, maybe I was uh maybe I was misinformed or maybe I just had the name wrong. There was a, there was a different title um over the, over the years uh, of, of your involvement with uh, with the hearth Raven moon hearth. And I, like I said, I thought it was the scald. So I'll give you the opportunity to to, to correct me. And, and where did you start from in the hearth, and what led you up into the, the position that you're in right now, and the, the details of which can be as little or as much as you care to choose, you know, uh, yeah. care to share? I guess I could say.
1: Yeah. Um, well, like when I was uh, first brought into the group, um, just as a standard member, um, I was given a chance to become one of the uh, the elder council. Uh, which is a smaller group within the larger group that takes care of like planning. And, um, you know, we, we just, we're the people who do a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's our job too. Um, and I was given the position of scribe, which basically meant I was the okay. person who took all the notes and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was, it was quite a, uh, quite a decent job. I enjoyed it. Um, got a chance to sit in and listen to all the really interesting stuff and, um, you know, all the conversations that went on kind of behind the scenes about the uh, the festivals that we do and just all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, and okay. That was kind of my um, intro into, like, the Elder Council uh, side of things, which is... Like, we have, um, you see, five or six positions. We have the chieftain, uh, we have the thule, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, a thule is basically the person whose job it is to uh, make sure that any oaths that are given are followed through, uh, and they're also kind of the person who is supposed to um, be there when frith gets broken or whatnot so they're the they're the ones
0: who kind of like a uh i don't want to say like this This may sound a bit harsh but like an enforcer of the rules or a sergeant at arms or would that be kind of like an accurate like modern day equivalent if if you look at like structure of of club type or 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 tribe type uh because you know the thule uh role um I think we see in such sagas as the Beowulf mm-hmm. saga it, it, It's a very Saxon uh, structure of of things. I, I guess this would be yeah. the the most like accurate depiction of of that that representation because like in the Beowulf saga, right? Beowulf's over here talking about all this kind of he's boasting about all these things he's going to do and then and then I think it's uh unforth Unferth, right. He's the tool. He's like, well, hold on a second there, big guy. You know, if you do, you know, he kind of like sets the bar, like, okay, you're going to say, you're going to do this Well, you're either going to do it. And if you don't, here's the, right. Um, here's kind of like the the shield uh, is, is is the term that's called. And it sounds like the shield that you like, you know, defend things with, but it's, it's, it's a Saxon old English word. I think that, that means like the, uh, the, not the, I don't, I don't know why I said dowry almost, but like the, um, Oh gosh, uh, it, the, the word I'm, I'm thinking of, but it's like the uh, the fee, the penalty almost yes. that you pay for not accomplishing what you say you're going to do. So you have a, you're going to, you, you, okay, so you're going to say you're going to do something and then it's the thule, the thule, the thule's job to, all right, well, if you don't do it, you're going to pay the recompense. You're going to pay the penalty for, right. for not doing it, right?
1: Yep. And, and it goes a little bit deeper than that too, because like you're, you're not just, Paying because you didn't follow through, but your your the payment that is required of you is to gain your honor back, and mm-hmm. you know like your your honor is something that you're supposed to be like really careful with because if you can't if people can't trust your word, then what do they have you know? Um, and the thule is the person who enforces that, and you know make sure that people in the tribe are are honorable you know, and, uh, Mm. it's important to have that position. I I think at least. I think
0: it's, uh, I think it's very valuable, Greg, to, to, to have a tribe structured in a way that has that, because, um, what you talk about with, you know, the honor that you uphold, it's not just like, it's not just, and I'm just going to like use a hypothetical, right? Like, so let's say it's me and you and and the rest of the hearth, you know, and I say, I'm going to do something and the fool's job is to make sure that I do it. It's not just the fact that I'm upholding my own word. It's because that what I'm, what I'm saying that I'm going to do has an impact on the rest of the tribe. Exactly. And so there's a preservation uh, or there's an interest at least to preserve the, the, the tribe's luck and the tribe's honor and all this other kind of thing. And there's, um, inherent, um, meaning behind honor to, uh, include the rest of the collective the tribe the kindred the hearth whatever your whatever you choose to name your your group of nearest
1: and dearest, right? right yeah and I mean like you you want you want people to be able to look at you and see you as you know um, I, I can't think of a good word at the moment but uh, you don't want them to see you as like a, a lesser person and when you when you're able to keep your word, And if you can't, like, you know, you find ways to make sure that it's, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I I don't want to say paid back, but like that, that there has to be a balance kept.
0: Like you have to keep the balance, (laughs) you know, because like, if anybody just comes in here and just starts spouting off all kinds of wacky stuff, all willy nilly. Right. Um, well, that's that, that, that there's, there's an impact that you're you're gonna have on not just you but everybody else around you because there's there's that shared luck of the tribe that and i don't know what you think about this greg but like i feel like ultimately that has that that falls on the role of the chieftain because the 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 luck of the tribe is is like you as the chieftain hold that by the balls (laughs) if i can if i can be so visceral i can be so real right like you kind of like hey if, if crap hits the fan man like everything rolls uphill downhill whatever you talk about like leadership and and whatnot in any in almost any uh structure of things whether it's you know a heathen tribe or or business or whatever like you know the crap rolls downhill but it starts somewhere so if 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 people just become all complacent or willy-nilly about well i think i'm this and i think i'm that and i'm great because of this because that but there's no uh order set for the checks and balances process of it right and you run the risk of of deteriorating or or perhaps losing the integrity and the luck of the the tribe overall so
1: yeah and if you look back you know into our arch heathens and stuff um if a, a leader was bad enough they would Kill him and put somebody else in the place. Um, yeah, and you know, part of the reason for that is because, like, it affects everybody. So if you're if the person who is holding the luck for the tribe is like not doing a good job, and you know everyone's suffering, what what are you supposed to do? You know, you you put somebody else in that position. And I really hope if it ever comes to that that you know I can step down and somebody else will you know, take the position and do a better job. Because um, if I can't, then, if I can't do it, then, you know, it, it really needs to be somebody else.
0: So,
1: yeah. But. And I
0: like, I I like what I like about, um, or at least what I've come to learn that I like about the, because uh, I've talked about not just on podcasts, but on my videos before, like I'm a big advocate for um, heathenry existing at the tribal level. And I feel that heathenry, Germanic heathenry, um, exists and functions best at the tribal level because of it, because of how the society functioned in, in ancient times. Like that's where things sat. Like last week's podcast, I had guests on here and friends that we were talking about tundra law and things that don't even tie into directly, like specifically to, into heathen, but have inherent values of it. it's like, Hey, um, when, when, when you get past the, the, societal structure of things if you look at like primal uh, the way the way the law of the jungle is or the way tundra is, it's like you know if, if if something is failing if there's if there's a kink in the chain then the rest of the tribe the rest of the group comes in to try to help fix it otherwise everything falls apart right so there's this there's this very like i feel inherent familial um bond that can be developed uh, <laughs> through tribal through through tribalism through through understanding how tribal structure works and we see this in many different cultures not just in you know germanic heathenry but it's it it seems to be a pretty common theme across many different cultures and like you say you know if if a leader is not no longer fit uh fitting the role um it's not like a dictatorship where you know you as the chieftain are the end all be all it's there there there's a um What's that term I'm looking for? Um, uh, consensus that's taken. Right. Um, there's there's a bit of diplomacy um, executed and and exercised, um, wherein it's like you know what I'm not the chieftain because of my because of how much money I make or because of how good I look or because of how tall I am or because of how many you know people I've conquered or this or that. It's because the people tribe as it were have determined my worth to be that this is where my uh, service is best fit you know what I mean like right. it's it's almost like you know I say voting right but I'm not the chieftain you're not the chieftain he's not the this he's not the that because of anything other than that the people have determined and have voiced their um willingness to be led by so and so Does that is that kind of like an accurate
1: yeah rendition breakdown of it would you say i think so yeah i mean like any of the positions in a, a group should be held by the people who can best do the job and the people who uh not i don't know what sort i'm looking for they're um I'm sorry, my my brain is just not functioning. uh, I mean, they've they've
0: proven their worth to fill that role. They've done the thing. They've done the deeds, right? So like we were talking in last week's podcast where it's like, well, just because, um, you know, I'm a great person, I may not be the best hunter in the group. Um, So I'm not going to be, you know, the lead hunter guy in the group because I suck at it. But I may be the best. You no know, farmer or the best land cultivator or whatever so that's going to be my area of expertise it's like your deeds your your actions your your works are going to exemplify what is where your worth is is and then the people will see that and they will be like yeah we you know your worth is is placed upon you by the people i don't think worth right. is anything that you can just you know intrinsically slap on somebody because of a of a label like it, your worth has to be proven
1: your, right. needs and your actions and, and that's it's a really important uh, thing like one of the one of the things that i really kind of like is when you bring people into your group um it, it sounds kind of it sounds kind of wrong especially in today but like they're, they they do not have, they don't have worth. And it, it's not that they're worthless individuals or anything like that, but like when they first come into the group, they have to prove themselves. And that that's the, mm-hmm. the where you gain the worth from. Um, yeah. And part of that is, you know, going back to the whole fool thing. Like if you say you're going to do something, you follow through with it. And, you know, once you've done that a few times, like we know that, you know, if I ask, you know, hey, can you take care of this? Like, I know that you're going to do it because that's, you, you've proven it. Um, yeah, and like, that's an elder council positions. Those are the people that you want. Um, for so sure. People, yeah. Um, there's a, uh, what is it called? Um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but there's this psychological thing. Uh, it, well, there's this thing in psychology where they talk about the 80-20 rule. And in any given situation, there's like um, 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. And like, those are the people that you want in like any sort of leadership position because mm. they're the ones who are are gonna do the work, you know? Um mm.
0: yeah. How do you how have you how have you because uh, so we're we're gonna get into some 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 other things, but like you've you had your um your pagan background. Um so like for everybody listening and watching, like Greg and I, we go back several years. Um we're not like long time friends by the stretch of any sort of like calendar counting of things. I think we've probably known each other at least on the surface uh for like within the last maybe three to five years tops yep um but um in terms of getting to know each other and you know i have i I mentioned in the intro like i have been a part of some raven moon hearth um invite only and public events and you sir have been a part of uh our tribes uh the hirithi folk which is still very small. You've been a part of our Yule events now for going on two years, three years almost coming up. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess, I'm just wondering, like, from from your perspective, you having been a part of a a pagan community that is that has been structured, um, whether you were a part of its inception or not, you've been a part of it, um, and you're now in a leadership role. Like, what are some really key things that you think need to be in place for the integrity of a group a collective because let's face it there's a lot of people that listen and watch this stuff that aren't necessarily germanic heathens and maybe there are some neo-pagans that still have a sense of a uh, societal structure whether it be uh, pagan covens or any other sort of thing like what do you think are some really important things that need to be in uh, present before you can successfully establish any sort of collective with people of a variety of worldviews on things or, or, or personal views on things, cultic views on things. Like what, what's your take on that? And where do you see what, what, what do you think is, is, is like inherently valuable that needs to be in place for it to be successful?
1: Well, I think you need like a group of people who are dedicated to doing the work uh, for starters. So like, that would be, you know, your council or whatever you uh, whatever you want to call it um, your leadership. Um, and I, I think there should be, like, one person who in that group is the the leader um, of, like, the, the person who is above everybody else. Um, and, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive, uh, but...
0: Especially now in today's uh, vernacular, you know what I mean? Because you look at uh, cults... Uh, we, we talked a little bit about this we didn't really get into it too deep last week's podcast but like and I, i'm sorry to cut you off i just want to like share an idea before you go into it too further it was like this whole cult mentality it's like cults were a thing cultic practices and and in the modern day understanding of what a cult is like th- there, there's a lot of differences between yeah. what it was and what it has become um but so the the this this like overarching um uh, leader that that that's kind of over everything i don't think and and maybe you want to dive into it a little bit more but i just want to like preface what you're going to say with hopefully a, a, an idea from my mind is like this isn't like a dictatorship none of the right. at least none of the pagan communities that i've been involved in um and seen have ever taken this as like the end all be all dictatorship type, type of role right
1: right And, and that's, that's exactly it. Like, um, like I was saying, you know, you need that, that group of people who are doing the work, um, because you can't, you can't do everything by yourself. And you want like a group of people around you who are willing to, like, you know, talk with you and tell you, like, and come up with ideas, because there's no way you're going to be able to do all of that on your own. Um, And that's like Raven Moon Hearth has an amazing group of people who are doing that right now. Um, But you also need that one person. Because when you have, you know, five or six people and you're, you know, voting on sometimes literally everything, um, sometimes you have to have that one person who can just say, okay, this is the path that we're going to take now. And Mm -hmm. like, everyone you know, like follows it. I've, Mm. I've luckily never had to do that with my group. Um, there have been a couple of times where, you know, we've come close, but we always Mm. talk it out. Um, so, but you, you need that one person sometimes who can, can say, okay, like enough of the talk, like now we're going to start doing it. And this is the path that we're taking Uh, because when you have a whole bunch of people sitting around having these conversations, a lot of times that's all you're doing is having long conversations about something instead of actually doing it, right? Uh, and it, it gets bogged down in minutia when you really mm-hmm. just gotta like open that dam and let stuff
0: flow. So. Wow! No, I think that's I think that's I think that's incredibly valuable mm-hmm. information uh, for people listening and, and wanting to know because I think I, I I don't know what you think, Greg, but I've I've seen especially uh very recently but within the last year or two and i say within the last year or two because of the covid pandemic and the way people have become so isolated right if they weren't looking for something to be a part of before the pandemic they are absolutely people are yearning for a community a sense of community uh since then and now almost more than ever i think I've gotten that sense. It's like so much of people, like when they're looking for something, it's like, I am a part of something or aren't I? I'm not, but I'm looking for something. People want to be a part of a group. And I feel like us as human beings, like that's our, like, we're, we're like pack animals. We're, we're, we're pack creatures. We, we, we yearn for a community. We yearn for some sort of camaraderie and we look to be a part of something. There are the exceptions, right? There are the solitary folks that just seem to function better Um, kind of being the lone wolf or doing their own thing. Nothing against that by any means. Um, But when it comes to people looking for something, the structure that exists or that has to exist in order to make it functional needs to be, uh, I think, understood and respected. So when you say, yeah, I want to be a part of something, I feel like there's a sense of obligation or level of obligation on the individual to, learn and understand what that group is, how that group is structured before they can determine do they want to be a part of it. And one of the things that I wanted to like kind of segue into is how Raven Moon Hearth offers that opportunity for people that are curious. So you guys have a number of public events that are not closed off to your tribe or your kindred, whatever you want to call it, that are open to the public. So can you talk a bit about what those events are and and what, if any events you have coming up that people that are interested um, can learn a bit about Raven Moon Hearth and what your tribe is about?
1: Yeah, Um, we we traditionally do uh, two large events and then up until COVID we were having uh, moots like every month or two um, where, you know, it was just a chance for people to come and hang out and You know, like we would do chili cook-offs and we'd go bowling and stuff like that. Um, You know, just a a chance for people to come hang out and meet people um, of a a like mind. Uh, But the the two big events that we uh, do is we have one that's coming right up called Shadow Moot, which is um, the weekend of October 15th. And it's in Springfield, Tennessee. And that one... It's a, a weekend where uh, we have classes and like games and all kinds of fun stuff. And we do a ritual to uh um Loki's daughter Hela. Um and we also have another one that we do usually around midsummer. Um and that one it it changes. Uh we've done Suna Bloat in the past, which was uh you know just dedicated to the goddess Suna, kind of a midsummer thing, and uh this last year we did Feast of the Fallen because it was really close to Veterans Day, and we thought, you know, what a what a great way to um, what a great way to like incorporate that. So,
0: yeah, Feast of the Fallen, Veterans Day. I uh, I myself was born on Veterans Day, so it's cool. Um, I you know I get my I get my birthday off every year just <laughs> because it's in the United States. Um, recognized, um, holiday, but yeah. Yeah. So like, I think, I know, um, I think, and I know, um, and therefore I am to quote somebody from somewhere, <laughs> but, um, I think therefore I am. Isn't that Shakespeare? Is it, is it, is it, is it Macbeth? I think um, therefore I am. Was that the, help me out, oh, Greg, you're the, you're the academic, you're the one with the, with the library of books or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah um i i, I think, think therefore i am think it's shakespeare um i want to say that's uh socrates but oh okay well we're we're
0: going off into the grecian um philosophical side of things uh, i also knew a guy who was very flatulent he said i fart therefore i am <laughs> 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 um whatever you do therefore you are um we'll, we'll, we'll modernize it into the 21st century but um Shadow moot. So yeah. I, 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 was actually a part of a, a bloat, uh, event, uh, with, uh, it was a couple years ago, I guess it was 2019 at this, at this point. Um, I think the tribal structure has changed a lot since then. Don't want to go into too many details, but it was a very holistic, um, event. I, 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 felt so welcomed, you know what I mean? Like, and, and for anybody that, that participated, that was there, Um, that is listening now that was there was like, wow, what was that about? It was, it was phenomenal. Just the games, the, uh, the, the community involvement um, the ritual um, I think, and I'm, and I'm going to go out here on a limb. um, I want to say that the estor, estra event that was a, a uh, invite only event that Mm -hmm. I was, that was very privileged to be a part of that was phenomenal. Um, Just, just, being a part of the, uh, you know, not not necessarily part of the uh, the Raven Moon Hearth tribe, but but being invited, that was a huge honor uh, to me. So I want to, you know, just formally say thank you again. Like that was that was a really special event. Um, I don't think I've been a part of the Shadowmoot events, but you you talk about um, dedicating Shadowmoot to Loki's daughter, Hel Hella. You mentioned yep. Hella. The 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 naming the n- the man is. Yeah, neither here nor there um what makes the timing of shadow Moot? we're talking about you said the 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 the, the weekend of the 15th of october i personally have some significance tied to that and i'm wondering if you want to talk a bit about why you have shadow Moot around that time if it recurs around the same time and what the significance to hell or hella has to the the and this is a public event right this is like right anybody that sees it can come it's not a closed off event so would you care to kind of elaborate a bit of on the development of this event and what it means um to the tribe to the people that 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 come
1: sure um well I, originally um there there's a, a heathen uh holy day called uh well more of a kind of a couple of days but it's called winter yeah. night yeah buddy and And, um, originally when, uh, Raven Moonhearth was real young, uh, we are just about to celebrate our ninth, uh, birthday for lack of a better word in November. Um, but originally when we were young, um, the, the group of heathens who started it were either dating or married to a group of women who were involved with a coven and, what they decided was that they wanted to have an event where they could bring like both both groups together to kind of hang out because that doesn't really happen a lot um, you know you, you don't get like a lot of heathens hanging out with pagans and whatnot there's just a like a, a
0: mixed like a mixed audience of germanic yeah. heathens and other neo-pagan non-eclectic like eclectic pagan sort of audience is
1: that it, yeah like you don't you don't see a lot of mixture of those and there's really to my understanding not a, a a real reason why except that they're you know like they they just don't mix in general um so the the two groups came together and they started this uh, the shadow moop um, because they they thought that like all these people could come together and hang out and have a good time and that's exactly. What happens i mean we i i believe this is uh the i want to say it's the eighth or ninth um it's got to be the the eighth time that shadow moot has happened and you know we 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 open it to literally anybody i mean we've had christians show up we've had like buddhists really yeah so yeah. Um, how was that? I'm just I'm just
0: curious. Like, were you ever at an event where like an obvious Christian individual showed up, and what was that like?
1: They were actually incredibly like cool. Like, I mean, they they just wanted to come and see kind of what was going on, and you know what what we were allowed to, and like um, you know you hear you hear those horror stories where people are, you know just being real jerks and stuff. I luckily have never had that happen. Um, You know, and and we always like, you know, if people show up and they're being kind of standoffish or like, you know, they're just not getting involved, um, I always try to involve them in some way. Like, Mm. you know, obviously if if they're just there to, you know, like they want to be there, but they they don't feel comfortable getting involved. Like observers. Yeah um but nine times out of ten if you go up and you know talk to them and just you know kind of be cool like they're gonna do the same so um and then that's that's what that's what we as a hearth try to do like we're our our big thing is community like we want people to like come and hang out and like just to share you know Mm. like um that that's that's how we get to the future like as far as i can tell like we we want um i don't know like i i want to be able to like you know have people around me who i can trust and like you know have a a good time with like you know not creepy good times or anything like that but (laughs) Like, you know when, i mean when I, no you know, shame
0: if that's thing if that's the thing you know what i mean right. like hey you know in, sm- in certain yeah. small circles if you want to get freaky with it but <laughs> right. but i get what you're saying
1: you know um but i I love learning and like you know people have really interesting stories even people who don't think they have like a a, a you know a fun background or something like there's always something they can teach you and I, I really enjoy that. I like going and hanging out with people who are different than me because there's always something I'm going to learn. Always. Dude. Yeah. 100%. Um, and that's
0: part of, um, the, that, that's part of heathenry that I like to celebrate is that we don't, I say we, um, as, as like a, an umbrella term, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we as like heathens, but me personally, in, in, in the heathen circles that I've been around, it's like we don't discredit or discount knowledge or wisdom in any direction from whence it comes. Yeah. Right. Like wisdom is wisdom, regardless of where it comes from. I think it's, and I'm probably going to butcher the band manga, but, but there's a saga, but the yeah. it starts with a B. You know what I'm talking about, Greg. Um, yeah. And like I so say, you're a little bit more um, academic with your knowledge of things, but the Bandamanga... manga bandamanga Bandamanga. something like that like it's 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 noted there like wisdom is wisdom from whence wherever it comes and i want to i want i want to like celebrate one thing you you talked about is the hearth coming into its ninth year of existence that so far as you know like this is 2021 is its ninth yeah year um nine is a big deal dude like nine is a big thing in the German, like the, you know, the nine realms, you know, um, um, just nine is a sacred kind of deal. Yeah. The nine year sacrifice in Uppsala, old Uppsala, Sweden, and like that, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. And now you've got, you know, shadow coming up. Um, another fun thing too, is you were talking about having Christians participate, or at least, um, attend some of these public events. And I think, at the time that this podcast is going to air, mm-hmm. uh, the troth is having a live premiere on YouTube, which I'm going to think about linking. Um, I'm, I'm just saying this right now as a reminder to link in the show notes and in the description of this premiere today, that uh, they're they're having a, a, a pagan and a pastor talk on the same live stream event. Oh, that's so th- cool. The troth is even... Recognizing the uh, the value, perhaps, or the or the inclusion of having uh, you know uh, pagan and non pagan leaders, because I think one of the one of the speakers who's coming, like we, we there, there's there's going to be a uh, so some sort of uh, leader uh, with the troth or a steward um, in the Wisconsin area talking with a pastor of of, of the Lutheran faith. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm there. I am all about it. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be commenting. I'm gonna be in the live chat. I'm like, I want to see this happen in real time. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss any of those juicy bits, you know? Because this is like a conversation that's been needing to happen for what, how long? You know what I mean? Like, because that, like, y- if you think about the fact that, like, uh, uh you know, a, a pagan priest or a pagan religious leader and, and, and a Christian religious leader, you know, you know, two talking together on the same platform. Like this is almost in, in, in some perceptions maybe unprecedented. Um, and it's phenomenal. I think it's, I think it's groundbreaking in the terms of the progression of paganism in at least the United States,
1: right? right?
0: Because I can at least uh,
1: speak to that platform, you know, but just out of curiosity um the the person being the the christian person do you happen to know if that's nadia bowls weber the the lutheran priest uh, priestess or no nope.
0: yeah no it's not it's actually and i will tell you guys um i'll tell you i'll tell you who it is um because it's it's i guess public knowledge um It is going to be, um, so the pagan uh, speaker is going to be, wow. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to show you. Or at least I'm going to tell you. Um, So it's Pastor Andy. Baron hurt bain, bain bain hurt okay and the reverend he's he's got a reverend title uh ethan stark so ethan stark is with the troth okay uh he's he's a steward with the troth uh but pastor andy baron 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 baron, baron. i'm, I'm <laughs> mispronouncing his name because it's it's gonna be it's gonna be annotated and apologies to uh to 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 this gentleman that that may hear or see about this later on, but it, no, Greg, it's not the it's not the the, the woman that you made uh, reference to, um, but I guess they're going to be having some sort of uh, interfaith discussion between you know pagan and Christian clergy, very cool of some sort. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm I'm very intrigued about it to be honest with you. I've got a reminder set. I think it's happening. Um, it's premiering live on September 30th, which is for those watching the premiere today, it is September 30th um, at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. So that'll be 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, I think it is. I'm okay. doing my math correctly. So, yeah, um, check the show notes, check the description, because I don't know, man. Like, that's kind of where I want to be at that point at on that date. Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of where
1: things go with that. Oh, the, the reason I was asking is uh because um I I I tend to look to a lot of other religions for ideas that we can kind of borrow to uh make ours better. Um and like Nadia Bowles Weber is a really fascinating uh, person. And um mm. I don't know, she she's pretty cool. Like I, I've learned a, a little bit from her. And uh one of the things that's Kind of interesting is, um, she was really rebellious when she was young, and she's got like a lot of tattoos, and she was, you know, she did oh. drinking and alcohol, uh, uh, drinking and drugs and all kinds of stuff. And then one of her friends is like, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, go uh, into seminary," and she's like, oh, "That sounds kind of fun. I'm gonna do that too." And she went into seminary and ended up getting her degree. And when she got out, like they gave her a church and like she started this church and she specifically went after like all of the the alternative people. So like you know she she went and she got homeless people and she got like LGBTQ uh A plus people and like you know all of the the outcasts sort of thing. Yeah. And that was her entire like congregation was all of these people that just nobody else wanted yeah um, like the rejects of society
0: as it were because of whatever reason yeah. because of yeah so i don't uh,
1: know i don't understand i think i hate you because of reasons stupid yeah. stuff yeah well it was really kind of fascinating because like that was her that was her congregation and she did that for a few years and then she wow. started to notice like the normies were showing up you know Mm -hmm. so like people like a family you know a husband and a wife and their two kids and you know they come in and like you know the husband would be in a three-piece suit and the wife would be in a dress and you know whatnot and Mm -hmm. like these people started just like randomly coming to her her church because like she had cool stuff to say and she got real weirded out by it and she ended up calling some friends who were also ministers and she's like I don't I don't know what to do like these people are ruining my whole like uh my my whole congregation you know like this is not who we are and um it was it was kind of neat because uh if I recall correctly and I, I could be misremembering part of it but uh you know her friend basically said you know well what would Jesus do? You know, like we, uh, you, Jesus went to like, you know, he was hanging out with prostitutes and lepers and, you know, all this other stuff who were essentially the alternative people of his era. Um, so, you know, she had this thought like, okay, well, I'm going to try to integrate them. And, and it really kind of worked out because the, the alternative people in her group like learned some stuff from like the normies and the normies learned some stuff from the alternative people yeah. so she was saying like you know her uh her after church uh, socials and stuff like the normal people would you know bring all kinds of like casseroles and like just you know the stuff that you normally do with the church and like eventually the alternative people kind of picked up on that a little bit and you know they would start taking on a little bit more I, don't, I want to say responsibility, um, but I'm not sure that's the, the proper word. Um, and then, you know, the, the normal people got more accepting of all of the, the alternative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, we that's always awesome. see those. Yeah. And it, it's really cool. And like, I think we can take that into like heathenry as well. Um, because like we have i mean you know we're a fringe religion so like we have a lot of fringe people who are you know for lack of a better word weird and i'm pretty weird myself so but you know we also have a lot of normal people um weird and normal i think are relative terms
0: and that's one of the that's one of the loveliest things that i tend to embrace about not just Germanic paganism, but just the pagan community is the acceptance of the alternative. Yeah. Right. I don't care about your, I don't care about, I don't care about your, um, you know, what you want to be called, what, how, you know, the terms that you wish to be called by to the extent of, I think that you're any less of a person for asking that I respect it and I will, adhere to what you're asking, you know what I mean? So the pronouns, um, that sort of thing, like I'm, I'm 100% supportive of addressing people by their preferred pronouns. And I feel that the pagan community at large is, is, is on board with that, um, as well. And that's what I feel is because I, I know a lot of people that are, um, you know, um, in the LGBTQ community and, uh, I respect them. And I think that they are very brave individuals for for being able to live their lives in a time that even now and today in the twenty first century is 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 met with a lot of the violence and, and opposition. And you're you're very brave for for being that way. You know what I mean? And I and I'm and I'm glad that that you know the pagan communities are accepting and welcoming of those peoples to provide them with, you know. Yes. A sort of safe space and and, and sanctuary yeah. because I think that you know you know you just you are who you are and and pronouns be damned because it's not not in a negative way. I mean like that's that's a thing where I'm like I don't yeah. care who to call you. I'll call you he, they she, them, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But if it matters to you, then it matters to me at that level. You know what I mean? Right. Um and I'm I'm glad to see that the pagan community at large, at least in my experience, is is welcoming to that and accepting of that.
1: Um, yeah. Well, to to kind of bring it back to to heathenry, um, you know, like one of the things up until quite recently is, uh, you know, like they didn't do a lot of stuff for Loki, and like you know, a lot of groups are. Um, Loki phobic, I guess you could say. And I mean, there's definitely good reason for it, don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, like one yeah. of the things that, you know, we're um, you know, that we're kind of bringing into heathenry now is you know, we're we're a little more accepting of, of uh, the Lokians. Um mm. and I mean, like, you know, we've got we've got uh one Lokian in our group uh, at the moment, and I mean she brings people to a lot of our events who are lokians and stuff and I mean there's definitely um, there's definitely compromise that needs to take place with that Um, like you know sometimes things are just a little different Um, but you know in order for our our communities to grow like you, you have to have that like you know we have to have the the change we have to have people who are, you know, different than us because otherwise we end up in a silo and it's, you know, everybody's saying the same thing and I I don't want that like you know I mean like yeah. I was saying before I I try to actively like search out other religions and learn from them so that you know we can kind of take some of that and make it um, make I think it, it, it falls yeah i think it falls
0: back to a bit on what you were saying earlier too, greg with like regards to this uh you know you've got people that are positioned in your tribe and and this this goes back to you know my tribe's not going to be the same as yours yours is not going to be the same as theirs and hers and his or whatever and you're all going to going to do you know you're gonna, you're all going to heathen the way you want to heathen it's uh, yeah. and i and i and i've talked about this i've had eric shervin on on the channel and, and stuff before where it's not my hall not my call if yeah. you determine that this works for your hall then you make it so yeah. right and it's yeah. not me or yours or anybody else's position to tell you that you're doing it wrong if it works then it works and you've made it work for what the reasons that you made it but the the tribal structure and that that overarching kind of leader that that says okay well at some point we 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 draw a line and that's the line and if you're not willing to stop there then this may not be the group for you and you can find another group and that's fine and and i feel like that is 100 percent within the the you know the social construct even that that was seen in in ancient tribes that that predate christianity like every tribe did their own thing a little bit differently there may be some underlying and overarching similarities but there were a lot of nuances and differences that made certain tribes and certain regions of the world known for a certain thing and that's where we as modern heathens have a i think a responsibility to kind of establish that role in in modern times right like we're Right, not in the you know eighth ninth century whatever Scandinavia. We're in you know me and you like we're in Middle Tennessee, and then other people listening and participating. They may be in the Northeast and then Southwest and where the heck ever. Uh, not just the right. United States, but just wherever in the world. Like I wanted to talk about because I was mentioning in uh, the the precursor the intro to the today's episode some of the things that happened over this past weekend with myself and my tribe, and we were in our sacred space. We were in our vey. um. Yeah. Which is uh, located on uh, my family's property uh, in Lewisburg, Tennessee. And um, we had a staff, a large staff that was shaped in the uh, fashion of the Algies rune. And for the longest time, for the biggest part of the last decade, long before I was ever even a part of our tribe, um, that staff was the ward to the VAY. Yeah. And recently, that relic has become misplaced and is no longer the uh, we uh, we haven't been able to find it. Oh no. So yeah but yeah so so oh no but also we look to to, we look to to establishing certain things and, and finding certain things right so this this relic this this item hasn't been seen and hasn't been able to be discovered. We were there in our sacred space because we have you were talking about earlier the winter nights yes. um uh holy tide that that is coming up very soon in the, in the next few weeks matter of fact uh, within le- within the next month or so and for our tribe we we, we tend to uh, adhere to a, a, a structured old heathen adherence to some of those sacred times so like yule is very traditional for us and and, and winter nights is a very special time for us so we were there in our vey and in our sacred space to sort of prepare for an upcoming event that is not anything to do with any sort of heathen calendar, but also to get the wood prepared for winter nights and stuff that's coming up. Yep. And because that warding staff was missing, we thought, well, what a great opportunity while we're out here carving, you know, cutting wood um, and stuff like that uh, to look for a new staff or a new ward. So here's one of the very interesting things that happened that I wanted to talk about, right? We have a, um, the, 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 family land, right? They had a chainsaw and we're like, we're going to go here and we're going to, you know, carve up some, some logs and stuff and make it real easy for yeah. us to, 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 right? that chainsaw didn't start. That chainsaw would not start, not for any amount of effort, not for any amount of work that we could put into it. So guess what had to happen? We had to go back to harvesting the deadfall, and we had to go back to harvesting all the wood and everything with the saw and with the ax manpower yep so we were all there you know traipsing through the land and everything like that and uh myself and um the tribe's law speaker where my me and him we were out there walking around and uh we're looking for a warding staff just anything that stood out yeah and uh found this piece of cedar it was a deadfall piece of cedar this branch that was laying down and um it was a uh it was a uh a very obscure branch that was just like laying in a weird sort of way but i looked and i said and i I told him i said look and he saw it he he was looking in the same direction i would and he says And i said yep you see what i'm seeing and there was a section of that limb that was fallen in a specific way that was shaped in the shape or it was positioned in the shape of the fehu rune. So we went with our handsaw, right. Just manpower, just sawing off the deadfall, um, trimmed it down. And, um, it was, it was, it was, it was like one of those moments where like, we didn't go searching for it per se like we're not looking for a specific rune, we're not looking for a specific branch or limb or anything like that, you know what I'm saying, but it was um it was obvious that that was going to be the piece for our sacred space and it was positioned at our vase altar, the hoeder, right? The, yeah. the outdoor stone construction of the of our sacred kind of sacrificial altar space and that's that's what it was, and it it made so much sense for our tribe because our tribe is the folk, and Clarithy is the it, it, it's it's a name or a kenning for Thor. Right. right. So our people, our, our our tribe, our folk, as it were, the the folk. It, it, it's a literal just transliteration of people of the thunderer, people of the thundering storm, people of Thor. Right. And what better way to to kind of build our tribe's space than through Hard labor that chainsaw, yeah. kick it out of here, man. That chainsaw <clears throat> ain't gonna do you jack shit because that's too easy. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to sweat, you're gonna have to put calluses on your hands, you're gonna have to be sore the next year, you're gonna have to put in that hard labor that that you know, yeah. and, and and it fit for us. Now, is that gonna fit for the next tribe? No, not necessarily, but it was like these are one of the things I like to share. It's like you have to establish your tribal traditions your tribal through your tribal everything like it's going to be very specific to you and yours and we did it we we did our thing we we found bones we found feathers we found fungus we found mushrooms we actually ate some turkey tail feather mushrooms that that are absolutely disgusting (laughs) (laughs) if you want to try to cook them they're like i i comes to i come come to find out that they're 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 better used to like brew down into like a tea mm-hmm. but like if you if you if you want to like compare like the consumption of a, of a turkey tail feather mushroom it's like you ever you ever like just try to like and this may go back to like the childhood days of of people like you and i but like you ever like chew like construction paper <laughs>
1: <laughs> back in the day i've done things like
0: that yeah so- but you know, you know the you know the texture that I'm talking about where it's like you chew it and it doesn't really yeah, it doesn't really like break down, it just like gets like more leathery and more like chewy the more you chew it. Yep. That's what turkey tail feather <laughs> mushrooms are like. Like, oh, there's a little bit of a mushroom flavor, but the more you chew it the more it's just like it's like jerky. It's what jerky wants to be like yeah. a vegan jerky what vegan jerky wants to be because it's so chewy mm-hmm. but like it, the consistency of it is just very like cardboard wet cardboard <laughs> wet construction paper kind of thing but you know what we did it we found these things and we did this stuff and we're like this is this is what this is what it's about for us you know this is what it's about for our tribe and it, and it meant something in that moment and and, and for the betterment or for the development of the tribe and it's like Yes. What are what are the people out here doing to to recreate that
1: in their own way?
0: That's, well, that's what it's
1: about. That's the sacrifice. I mean, like, you yes. know, we talk about sacrifice and in heathenry and whatnot. And like if you had used the chainsaw, you probably would have missed a lot of that, like the little stuff, you know, like we absolutely would have. Others. Yeah. And because it would have been too it, easy. Yeah. Because you didn't I mean you were gifted bones and feathers and stuff like that um, and you know like that putting that hard work and labor into uh, into that you know I mean it it means a little bit more you know and you're you're more invested, I guess you could say. so that's that's kind of one of the things that we do at Raven Moon Hearth is you know, we have events. I mean, you know, we try to show up a couple of days early and, you know, we work our tail off to, you know, like just all the stuff you have to do, you know, mow the lawn and like cut wood and like all of the hard labor because, you know, that yeah. that makes it memorable. And, you know, also the more work you put into something, the more you get out of it. Too. Yeah, it all goes back
0: to the the, the gifting cycle, the, the ideal of, of reciprocation. And, and I love that about the, the, the similarities that we can share talking about these things, because it is it's when you've put so much work into something, when you've built something from your hands, OK, whether you're going to sacrifice it or whether you're going to offer it or whatever it is, you've given it everything that you've got. You've put everything, you put your heart, your soul, your little physical labor into it. You know what I mean? Right. And there's more value to it at that point, I feel, because you've done the thing. and We, we talked about this earlier, that worth is placed on those that do, yep. the doers, right? Hail the doers, right? Exactly. You, you did it. You didn't talk about it. You didn't suggest it in a, in a group chat or, or post about it online. You, you, you know, You went and you did the thing. And, and and you have those physical um items to be a representation of that and then yep. the, the 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 results of it at the end are 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 so much more like you get so much more out of it i feel um i think so. yeah yeah so yeah guys um Raven Moonhearth has Shadow Moot coming up. Uh, Greg, we're going to probably just wrap up here in a few. I'll I'll, I'll keep you on to to chat a bit after the podcast. But, you know, for anybody that's interested, I'm going to annotate stuff in the description and in the show notes um, of the podcast. So so far as I know right now, the only way that people can know about where and uh, like the details, actual logistics of of Shadow Moot is going to be on the Facebook event. Is there anything
1: else going on that I'm not aware of? Uh, That's it. Um, We're working on building a uh, website, but um, it just hasn't materialized yet. So, okay.
0: So the, the actual physical location is again, Springfield, Tennessee. I will, if it's okay with the hearth, I mean, it's a public event, right? So if, if people that are listening or watching aren't on Facebook, it's, it's going to be, at, at a physical location, can we put that down in the details for people to to know about? Um, because it's well, it's 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 a public event on yeah. on on social media, and if they can't reach Facebook for every, oh, I don't have Facebook. Where do I where do I show up to be a part of this if I want to? It's a it's uh, a physical location. in my...
1: Yep. It's it's actually at one of our uh, one of our members' homes. Um, and it's it's out there in in uh facebook so i don't i don't see why it couldn't be you know put on here as well but it's uh, a 3718 dobbin road in springfield tennessee okay
0: and again for those that are listening and watching if you are uh interested in in participating and joining um again it is at a as it it has a uh person's residence so be respectful you know folks um It's a public event. The hearth is is generous enough to uh, extend this out to the public. As always, be respectful of your hosts, you know, pick up your crap, you know, take care of your stuff, all that kind of thing. So um, uh,
1: real quick, it's thirty five dollars for a uh, weekend pass. um, And that includes um, all of your meals. uh, Well, it's dinner Friday, all your meals Saturday and uh, breakfast on Sunday. Um, and camping and it includes you know all of the events and rituals and classes and whatnot um, and we also do day passes which are $20 uh, if you're if you can only make it for one day definitely do Saturday because that's when most of the cool stuff happens okay. um, and like the day passes also include lunch and dinner so um, so it's pretty reasonably priced I think like we try yeah, not so- to make it too expensive.
0: If it was a big, if it, if you wanted to like make an event of it, it's a three day long event. Yes. Am I right? Yes. So okay, so yeah, so if you wanted to, you know, go in for the long haul, if you wanted to, you know, get everything out of it that you possibly could, you know, thirty five dollars for the weekend. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't argue that kind of value, man. Um, but yeah, twenty dollars a day, um, for the day pass, it is on personal property, so be respectful. All of the details are going to be in the description down below or in the show notes of this podcast. Um, and, uh, children
1: under 12 are free and we've got some cool vendors showing up too. So um, if you, you know. Vendors uh,
0: like, like, so like real quick before we wrap it up, like what are some things that people could potentially be excited about?
1: Uh, well, we've got as far a as vendors. young woman who is coming out and she's going to be doing face painting, which is pretty cool um like I've seen some of her work and she looks like she can do some amazing stuff uh we also have a, a woman who's doing uh thread divination which is something that she has uh developed herself uh where you put paint on a long thread and then you put it on this board and there's some other stuff that goes along with it but then when you pull it out like you get this board that has this really cool um painting uh, i guess is the right word on it and then yeah. she'll decipher it for you and uh that that's really interesting I've, I've actually had one of those done um by her uh and we also have uh let me see We've got a leather uh, worker coming out who does some fantastic stuff, um, and she's got bags that are just amazing. She's got, um, oh, what are those called? Those, uh, the the mask that they used during the um, uh, the Middle Ages during the bubonic plague with the plague. Yeah, doctors. like the,
0: the 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 plague doctor type. Yep. Things
1: nice. So, yeah, and I mean, she's just got all kinds of neat stuff like keychains and like you know, just all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, she's she's amazing. So, uh, and Fantastic. then a couple other people, um, which I can't remember off the top of my head. And uh, just it's
0: just it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a freaking amazing time for you know all all things pagan, all things heathen. You know, just. Yeah, if you guys are in the area listening, watching or whatever, you got plenty of time to, um, you know, check out the details and yeah. it's a public event. So and it sounds like it's an all ages thing, but, you know, the yeah. kids um, have their have their uh, space and have their involvement. So yeah. consider bringing the
1: family. Right. Yeah, we try to have lots of kids stuff. Um, I bought a like ton of um, Nerf guns a couple of years back, and like you know, we let the kids have Nerf wars. And
0: you know, <laughs> nice. got, um,
1: one of our members is actually making a hammer uh, for like the kids to throw because part of our games is we have a hammer throw and a spear Ooh. toss, and archery, and stuff like that. And um, you know, we like to include the kids in that because um, they, they like to do that stuff too. So um, very yeah, cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. So
0: it sounds amazing. Um, so yeah, everybody check out, you know, description show notes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all the details are going to be there. And if you're in the, you know, I was going to say just within the, you know, the 500 mile radius of Nashville, Tennessee, um, I've, like I said, I've been a part of, of some of the, uh, Raven moon hearth events that are public and, and was honored enough to be invited to a sort of a, uh, an invite only event. Um, real fun time, real good time. I think you're going to really enjoy yourself if you come and check it out. So be sure to to check out all the details in the description or or whatever. And um, hail to my honored guest, Mr. Greg, uh, Greg Strong. Uh, It was great to have you on here again. Great to talk about these things. I think it was really, uh, really awesome and and insightful. So um, yeah, anybody that's, uh, you know, looking at uh, Raven Moonhearth on Facebook, they're they're Details are going to be, again, annotated down below or in the show notes, however it is that you're watching. Uh, so check out Raven Moonhearth on, on Facebook. I think it's your main platform, right, Greg? You guys yes. don't really dabble into many of the other big social media sites. But, yeah, yeah. check them out on Facebook. Um, check out Shadow Moot um greg stick around so i can chat with you a little bit offline but uh yeah for everybody that's you know been a part of this uh thank you so much please continue to you know support the podcast in any way that you can i talked about this at the intro but as a reminder you can always call in to the midgard musings hotline at six seven uh six seven one nine eight three two don't forget to check out the link tree link uh that's in the show notes as well Uh, get you some Midgard Musings merchandise, become a patron on Patreon, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, find Scram, Facebook, the whole 9,000 yards or whatever it is these days. Um, So yeah, you all are wonderful. Thank you so much for your support today. Thank you, Greg, for being here. Hail to you all. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting Midgard Musings and random heathen ramblings here on the podcast and all the ways that you do. I did just want to call to your attention, in case you didn't know, that one of the many ways that you can support this podcast is by purchasing merchandise. And you can do that by going to MidgardMusingsStore.com. Okay, all the purchases that are made go to directly support the podcast. Um, and any of the other social media platforms that I distribute content on, which mainly include YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so you guys and gals out there, please be sure to check out MidgardMusingsStore.com. You can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and all other kinds of things in variety of sizes and colors. The styles uh, can cater to all types of folks, men, women, children, even infants. We've got some really cute uh, baby onesies that uh, you know vary in all different kinds of sizes. So make sure to head over to MidGardenMusingsStore.com. Check out what you got over there to get for yourself, your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, your loved ones, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody in your life that you think would love to rock some awesome MidGarden Musings merchandise. Check it out and get you something today.